Take your enjoyment of Smodco Podcast to the next level by checking out a live Smodco show. HBO at the Improv in Hollywood on Friday, March 25th. Kev brings his one-man show to the Ringling College of Art and Design in Sarasota, Florida on March 26th. Celebrate April Fool's Day with HBO at the Hollywood Improv. Iowa City gets an evening with Kevin Smith on April 9th. Kev inflates the Helium Comedy Club with two shows on April 10th and again on the 11th in St. Louis. Get old with Jay and Bob Thursday, April 14th at the Irvine Improv. April 15th means two things. Your taxes are due and you need to catch Babylon at the Hollywood Improv. Mike and Ming are at PopCon April 15th and 16th in Evansville, Indiana. Monday, April 18th, Charlotte, North Carolina gets Kevin for two shows. April 19th, Kev performs twice in Richmond, Virginia. An evening with Kevin Smith in Atlanta on April 20th. Austin, get ready for Kevin Smith's solo at the Moon Tower Comedy and Oddity Fest, April 22nd. April 22nd through 24th, Muse hits Motor City Nightmares. Jay and Silent Bob get old in Austin on April 23rd. Jersey reunites with Kev in Atlantic City on April 30th. Tickets to these and all Smodco shows are available now at Smodcast.com. Do not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. to know that you are the brain trustiest in the world. You're the number one brain trust that I've seen and that I know, and I won't ever know a greater brain trust than you. We all know that. You're, you're aware of that yourself, and so I'm glad we can embrace it together and discuss it like gentlemen, like adults. You understand what I'm saying? I don't. I'm lost already, and the podcast has just begun. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you to those new listeners we have Coming into the podcast, uh, this is my second week back from a long hiatus. Third episode in that two weeks, though, so you know what I mean? I've given y'all, uh, I gave y'all a bonus episode last week as a little apology for the long gap. But listen, it had to be what had to be. I've got some great, very exciting news coming at you um, later in the podcast during Twitter Answers, which there will be this week. Later in the podcast, Twitter Answers, some very interesting, cool political uh, news coming from me to you guys in a little bit. But first, we always start with the biggest story. Hulk Hogan gets $115 million verdict at trial. Needs to be paid to him by Gawker.com for posting a video of him having sex with his former best friend's wife. First of all, weird scenario, weird setup. I'm kind of intrigued, kind of turned on. Secondly, uh, of course... You should never breach somebody's security and post a sex video of them without their permission. Um, even with their permission, you should probably think thrice about it. But you shouldn't do it. Someone's private life is very important. That all said, look, 
Someone's pride is very important as a boundary that needs to be respected. That all said, if you give me $115 million, you could live stream me having sex every day the rest of my life. $115 million? You kidding me? I mean, I don't know if I really mean it, but yes, I do. 115 for about 70 million, for about 9 million, for about 300 grand. You could, you could release a video of me, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, maybe like having sex with somebody shot from a distance on a grainy camera or maybe an artist rendering, maybe like a drawing of me having sex for about 40 bucks. I'd take 40 bucks and we could just exchange that. Someone could just draw what it would look like if I was having sex. So I feel like that's a good compromise. Please make me an offer. Maybe I'll go lower. Ben Carson has respect for Trump calling him a child molester. Insane cognitive dissonance reports. I mean, oh, and also the Daily Beast. Jesus, this, I mean, this world. During a Wednesday interview with Yahoo News, Ben Carson, who has now endorsed Donald Trump, asserted that Trump's previous comparison of Carson's temperament to that of a child molester was actually an effective campaign tactic. Quote and debut of my Ben Carson impression. You have to admit to a degree that it, uh, that it did work. And a lot of people believed him. A lot of people believed that he was a child molester. You're saying that's fair to say in a campaign about somebody? Um, he literally said, look, I understand um, the politics of Personal destruction. Oh, does that mean it's okay? Does that mean it's right? I mean, that is quite a, br- a bridge to be gapped or a gap to be bridged. To, to rather, to fucking be cool. Like, endorse a man for the President of the United States that said you were a child molester. That's pretty aggressive, if you ask me. Speaking of, Jared Fogle beaten in prison is an odd thing to shout, but also good news. TMZ reports, Jared Fogle, former Subway fast food chain spokesman, and I'm a big fan of Subway sandwiches, so that was crushing news for me. I was never particularly tied to Jared, but still, though, you know what I mean? He was reportedly beaten by a fellow inmate in prison. He's serving a 15-year sentence in a Colorado facility after being convicted on child pornography-related charges. Um... Getting beaten in prison, great way to lose weight, by the way. An inmate named Steve Nigg punched Vogel in the face, giving him a bloody nose. He was angry about child predators being held in a low-security facility. Um, Good for this man. This inmate took justice in his own hands and attacked the child molester, and I'm fine with that. Me is fine with that. Um, We know Jared Vogel's name on account of the publicity he has received for... Everything he's done, both subway-related and inappropriate sexual actions-related. But somebody whose name we don't know is John Kasich, running for president. He's the third one left in the Republican side of the field, and complains constantly that nobody knows who he is, and the media won't give him any attention. Then there was a Fox News debate scheduled for next week, and Cruz said he would show up, and then Trump backed out. Megyn Kelly was going to be there again, and he didn't want to be part of that 
because he's afraid of her. He can handle Putin, supposedly, and can crush ISIS, but cannot handle the lovely Megyn Kelly. Doesn't make any sense to me. She's a hard-hitting journalist. You better believe that. She was asking questions, bro. She ain't shooting at you or trying to blow you up or nothing. But Trump canceled. And immediately, Kasich's, Kasich as well said, I'm out then, too. I'm out. Didn't want to debate Cruz head-to-head. Um, you need all the media attention you can get, Brohim. Listen up, Brosephine Baker. Don't turn down televised debates. It would make you it would have made you and Cruz look like the only two serious ones. And Trump looked like a buffoon. Trump lost when he skipped the debate before the Ohio primary. The Ohio caucus, rather. And he lost. So um that was very dumb. That was super dumb dumb of you. And and you made a you made a mistake. Um there was of course some very Serious, very tragic news that happened this week that I'm sure you've all heard about. The terrorist attacks in Brussels at the airport and subway station. Three explosions killed over about three dozen people. Many, many more injured. Um, ISIS already claimed responsibility. Our hearts go out to everybody that is suffering the attack, suffering from the attack and the aftermath and their families, of course. Um... But I found especially um, fascinating was the ineptitude of the response to these attacks by, you guessed it, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump. Did you guess it? Cruz came right out and said that we need to patrol and secure Muslim neighborhoods here in America. Um, I got to play audio on this one. Let's see if my... TV is queued up well enough to play it, and it's quite ridiculous. And then I'll explain why in moments. Cruise first. If I can get it going. Can I? I hope. Let's see. Let's see. Come on now. Why won't, there we go. And here it comes. It is standard law enforcement. If you have a neighborhood that is plagued by gang activity, it is standard and good law enforcement to direct more resources to work with the community that is facing gang activity to stop the gang members. It is standard good policing to direct your resources to where the threat is coming from. We should do the exact same thing with radical Islamic terrorism. Uh, The only problem, you complete fucking moron, is that there is not increased activity coming from Muslim communities. There is not gang-type activity or terrorist-type activity coming from Muslim communities. Do you understand the difference? You're just saying that because you are either afraid of an entire religion that is one-sixth of the planet or you are fear-baiting and fear-mongering to the constituents you're trying to earn votes from and are pretending like that's the issue because you see that it works for Trump or just because you're an asshole in general. Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Muslims are very nice people. I have had two Muslim ex-girlfriends, and I'm Jewish from America. I'm an American Jew. I'm half Israeli. My mom's from Israel. And I've had two Iranian Muslim ex-girlfriends. Why? Because Iranian girls are very hot, and Muslims are normal people. So um, that's the difference. It's not at all like a gang neighborhood, because gang neighborhoods do have increased crime, and Muslim neighborhoods do not have radicalization or increased crime. 
there are occasionally horrible instances of Muslim people becoming radicalized, and how you should tackle that is by increased efforts to combat propaganda of ISIS and groups like it trying to recruit Muslim people and other religions to their cause. That's how you do that, not by being a complete fucking asshole. But, um, of course, you know, that's not clear to you because you look, you're, you look just, you look really dumb and you, you, you like to castigate people into certain sides. Um, before I play Trump's ridiculous statement, I'm gonna play you a clip now from Police Commissioner Bratton, um, New York's Police Commissioner. Sorry about the background noise there. Um, who had an excellent response, better than I could say, in response to Ted Cruz's bullshit. Uh, here it comes. Smack him down, bro. The New York Police Department reacted, reminding Cruz that the force has nearly 1,000 Muslim officers in uniform. Well, that's first somebody else, and then now here's Brad. I would remind the senator he lives in the United States of America. And the statements he made today is why he's not going to become president of this country. Because we don't need a president that doesn't respect the values that form the foundation of this country. I have over 900 very dedicated officers in this department, many of whom do double duty. They serve as active duty members of the U.S. military in combat, something the senator has never seen. So before he starts denigrating any population group, take a close look at who he's denigrating. Exactly. That was pretty awesome. Um, how can you say you need to patrol Muslim communities and neighborhoods literally when I mean, literally when you have service members, Muslim service members, who give their lives for their country, risk for our country, risk their lives for our country. It's just complete um, ignorance and moronhood. Can I say moronhood? Is that a word? That's moronic of me to say that. And then here, Donald Trump, taking it as he does to the even next level, talking to Wolf Blitzer. Holy shit to commissioner about this and he stressed his own proposal and that's Mika Brzezinski again because I'm not queuing up my TV grade because of the TiVo shit but here it comes I think we have to change our law on on you know the waterboarding thing where they can chop off heads and they can drown people in cages and heavy steel cages uh, and we can't waterboard so we have to change our laws and we have to be able to fight at least on an almost equal basis we have laws that we have to obey in terms of torture they have no laws whatsoever that they have to so obey we have laws that we have to obey. That's normally a sentence said as a positive. But he literally was saying that as a derisive negative. We have laws. We have to obey. Sucks, right? They don't have laws. So they don't obey those laws. And uh, so I wish we could be more like terrorists. More like evil fucking uh, terrorists. Cut people's heads off and whatnot, etc. And look, um, I have controversially said in the past... I don't think waterboarding per se is the worst thing in the world, in theory, simply because, on the Wayne Fetterman podcast talked about it, simply because, from my understanding of it, you don't actually drown somebody. You just make him psychologically think that he's drowning, or he might be drowning. And I've only said I would be, in some instances, okay with it in the most extreme possible circumstances, with only our highest value targets, if indeed it did work. But it has been reminded to me many times, and it's very true, that it does not work. 
What's the point if it does not work and actually makes them lie or say false information? That does not help anybody. Then we're just being dicks to, for no reason. Remember, this podcast is one that created the Don't Be a Dick Pledge, which you can still sign, by the way, at tinyurl.com slash don't be a dick pledge. And it's hard to be a dick pledge. You understand my point? Um, so, waterboarding aside, he wants to do way worse. And he wants to waterboard when it's not effective. And his hair looks ridiculous. And the dude is so orange. And his eyes white. Why? You're going to look, try to be presidential. At least take off the goggles when you're doing your, your tanning salon so your whole face, including eyelids, get, get, get orange. Be orange like a real president, bro. Oh, this guy is so fucking dumb. So Wolf Blitzer continues on. So would you start torturing him right away, referring to the Paris attacker that was just caught this week? And Trump continues. Start torturing him right away, or would you see if he would cooperate and share information? Because Belgium authorities, Belgian police say he has been talking. Well, you know, he may be talking, but he'll talk a lot faster with the torture. If he would have, if he would have talked, you might not have had the blow up. With the torture. He'd be talking a lot faster with the torture, okay? Okay, with the torture. He says the torture, like he says the blacks. The blacks love me, you realize that, right? It's an absurdity the way this man speaks. It just gets under my skin to an enormous degree. But when he adds the word the to things, it's like people say, I'm going to the club. You shouldn't be going to nightclubs that much that you refer to it as the club, okay? The word the is a modifier that should be used only for things like, or as a label, it should be used only for things like the supermarket, or the hospital, you know, essentials in life, not uh, places like the club or the bar. You shouldn't have just one, first of all, that you frequent like your Norman Cheers, okay, brah? Um, but yeah, um, he just says incendiary things. He doesn't know what he's doing, and it would be a complete nightmare if he's president. But let's talk to the Brain Trust a little bit later in the podcast and see what you guys think about that um, as Trump. And your thoughts about whether you support him or not is the theme of the, um, whatever it's called, Twitter Answers. It's been a while, you guys. I'm getting back in the groove. Don't you worry about it. Don't you worry about a thing. Um, in more pleasant attack news, Easter Bunny attacks, the New York Daily News reported. The brawl broke out around 5 p.m. Sunday at a mall in New Jersey. There was a costumed Easter Bunny who got very upset because a father um, got angry at the bunny for his daughter falling off of the bunny's lap. And the Easter bunny got real pissed, fought for over 30 seconds against this man. Officers had to pry the bunny off of the guy, according to a video of the attack. Um, Instagram photos tagged the mall show the Easter bunny posing with children throughout the day normally. Until the fight broke out. Of course, the Easter Bunny only wore half his costume during the battle so he could fight a little better. But he did keep on the furry white pants, blue jacket with tails, and white gloves. And white gloves, because he's classy. Both the brawling Easter Bunny and Jimenez Guerrero, the father, have had outstanding warrants for their arrest. You would think they would, they would uh, screen out people with outstanding warrants for their arrest to be fuzzy figures that children's that children sit on the, the laps of. You would think so. Um, the Easter Bunny 
man, one of his arrest warrants was for fair hopping. Hopping, get it? Mitch McConnell says no to Garland, mustering all the energy this potato sack of a man has to speak, CNN reports. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, I say leader very loosely, he's just more of like a Senate Majority dickhead, said Wednesday that he will not budge in refusing to consider President Obama's Supreme Court nominee, Merrick Garland, whose name's ridiculous, but you get it. It's a very old white person's name. Quote, we think the people should choose, as we've said repeatedly, McConnell said. Um, people did choose. People did do have a voice in who's in the Supreme Court nominee because Obama was elected the president. And it is your responsibility as the Congress to give hearings to Supreme Court nominees so that the court can have nine people on it like it is supposed to constitutionally, and you won't have four four splits on very important things that then kicks it back to the appellate to the to the uh, lower courts and um let's maybe in a lot of cases uncool precedents stand um do your job guys, okay, but there is at least one senator that said he will meet and consider Garland for the, for the high court. Who is it? Mark Kirk of Illinois, a Republican. Why did he say it? Because he's principled? No, because he's in a tight race with a Democrat for his seat. So the one guy initially considering it is also just doing it for political reasons. Luckily, a few other more principled members of Congress stepped up and said they will meet with Garland, including Senators Kelly Ayotte, Jeff Flake, Rob Portman, and Susan Collins. And I could go for a Susan Collins if that's the name of a cocktail, which I don't believe it is. Trump warns of riots, talking points memo shared with us, and I share now with you, is continuing his recent trend of inciting violence. Trump warned Wednesday, you'll have riots, you can have riots, okay? If the Republican National Convention tried to deny him the nomination in July... I think we'll win before getting to the convention, Trump said on CNN a day after he won several states, including Florida. But I can tell you, if we didn't, and if we're 20 votes short or we're 100 short, and we're like 1,100 and somebody else is 500 or 400, because we're way ahead of everybody, I don't think you can say we don't get it automatically. I think you'd have riots. I think you'd have riots representing a tremendous many, many millions of people, okay? The size of this asshole grows larger every day. You need to get a certain number of delegates, 1,200-something, and if you are short of that number, you do not automatically get the nomination because that's the whole point of setting thresholds is that they need to be reached for the prize to be gotten. You do not get a prize at an arcade, for example. Let's say you really want that stuffed Easter bunny to tie back to our previous story, and it's 5,000 tickets. You got 4,600 tickets. You ain't getting that money, dude. Just You learned that as a child. I know you have not matured past the mental capacity of a five-year-old, but you at least understand amounts, right? It's part of doing business that you claim you're so great at. Marco Rubio, no one's huckleberry. Marco Rubio reports, along with NBC News. Quote, I'm not going to be anybody's vice president, he said in an interview. Thursday after he returned to Capitol Hill. 
uh, he ended his campaign after the crushing loss to uh, Trump in Florida on Tuesday, said there's still enough time left in the race to stop Donald Trump. He said he would not run for Florida's governor either in 2018 or another Senate term, but is instead returning to being a private citizen. First of all, why people hate on being a VP so much? You wanted so much to help the country to be president. As soon as you don't get that, I wouldn't even be interested in vice president. You'd be vice president of the United States. Would be a pretty good job, man. Whichever you're going to get there, you're going to work at like Enterprise Rent-A-Car? I mean, it's a great job if you'd be offered that and you could become, you could run for president then four years later. How would you not take that job? It's absurd. He doesn't even want to, he also notoriously got nothing done in, in the Senate in his one term. He doesn't even want to run again. So did he really want to help the country or does he just want to be president because it would be cool and would help his Twitter follower numbers? I mean, it's so ridiculous. And in um, a quick update of the primaries and caucuses tonight, looks like Sanders had a good night winning two, this week at least, winning two over Hillary Clinton's... <coughs> I got a sneeze, I just did. I said it after. Spoiler alert. I, had, I just sneezed. Um, and uh, Sanders won two, and Hillary won one. He won 61 delegates, I believe, to her 54. So he's gaining a little bit on her, but really not enough. The turtle's pace is really gaining on her. He did have one big win over tonight of a huge margin, however, where he got the lion's share of delegates, but not enough to really be closing this gap and it's starting to look a little dire for the Sanders campaign. Now, the Republican side tonight, um, as Mitt Romney and, believe it or not, Lindsey Graham, I'll explain in a second why that's weird, uh, in, endorsed at least for Utah alone, Ted Cruz, who they both pretty much hate. Lindsey Graham really hates him. Uh, Ted Cruz won like 70% of the vote. The first time anybody in the Republican race got over 50%, which can play in to the convention in a powerful way as well. Getting over 50% in any state. In fact, I think if you get over 50% in eight states, you can, it's the only time you can actually win for sure um, on a first ballot. But that rule is a little confusing to me. I need to clarify it, but something like that. Um, Lindsey Graham, it's funny, he's fundraising for Cruz in Utah because he sort of wants to kill him. Lindsey Graham was set to host a fundraiser for Ted Cruz, Daily Beast reports on Monday, actually just did it two days ago. Um, after previously saying that choosing between him and Donald Trump would be like choosing between drinking poison or taking a bullet. It's like being shot or poisoned, Graham said in late January, very recently. What does it really matter? Both both going to kill you. He also recently joked about Cruz saying, quote, if you killed Ted Cruz on the floor of the Senate and the trial was in the Senate, nobody would convict you. Pretty harsh for a guy you're now endorsing for president. That's how bad Trump is in the eyes of so many people. Um, a U.S. ISIS recruit tried to blame it on a girl. Really? They give women no rights and now you're going to blame a girl for you joining ISIS? Daily Beast reported, the American ISIS defector has been described as a gold mine of intelligence that was recently defected from the group. Said he followed a young woman to join the militant group. Quote, wasn't thinking straight and immediately regretted his decision. Quote, on the way there, I regretted. I wanted to go back, said Muhammad Jamal Kweis, 26-year-old moron. Quote, I'd made a bad decision to go with the girl and go to Mosul. Hey, even if you like a girl, man, follow her, you know, to the mall. Follow her maybe in a already bordering on a very creepy way, like 
like in your car when the date ends, see where she's going. You shouldn't even do that. Don't follow her to Iraq, to an ISIS headquarters. This man was born in Virginia. He smiled and chatted calmly during his recorded interview after defecting about ISIS. Quote, I don't see them as good Muslims. I wanted to go back to America. Oh, that's sweet, you moron. It's not yet clear if he'll be returned to the U.S. for questioning and prosecution. He's being held by the Kurds in Iraq. My message to the American people, he says, is the life in Mosul, it's really, really bad. The people who were controlling Mosul don't represent the religion. Oh, you realize that now? At some point you did think they represented the religion, though? Because of the girl you had to follow and become a terrorist? Join a terrorist organization? Oh, my. Only two more stories. And then Twitter answers and some thunder round coming right at you. In our new shorter, tighter, better last week on Earth. Obama arrives in Cuba, Reuters reports. President Barack Obama, his middle name is Hussein and it should not be used against him, landed in Cuba on Sunday in the first trip to the island nation by U.S. president in, get this, 88 years. Cuban President Raul Castro did not meet Obama at the airport, but they did meet a bunch after that. The president and family were greeted at Havana's Jose Marti International Airport by Cuban Foreign Minister Bruno Rodriguez. All they got was Bruno? That's cold, man. I'm kidding, I don't even know who Bruno is. It doesn't sound like a very high-up dude. The three-day trip is part of a greater effort by the U.S. and Cuba to normalize relations after decades of hostility between the two countries. Um, no U.S. president has been there ever since 1928 when Calvin Coolidge arrived on a battleship. We have, obviously, huge trade and travel barriers between our two nations. Um, and beyond that, Cuba still complains about U.S. control of the naval base at Guantanamo Bay, which Obama refuses to, to grant back. It was given to us under a 1934 lease agreement that Havana says is no longer valid. And Obama said it's not for discussion. Even though Obama wants to close the prison there, still wants to keep the land, because land is nice. Land is nice to have. Havana is unhappy with the U.S.'s support also for dissidents and anti-communist radio, and TV programs beamed into Cuba. Why is that? Because um, the Cuban government is a dictatorship and is horrible with human rights. They jail people for dissenting against the government, for protesting the government. They do not have free and fair elections. They don't have elections of any significant caliber or quality. It's been the Castros in charge forever. Fidel and now his brother Raul when Fidel's health went south. And um, it's not cool. The Americans criticize this one-party rule and oppression of political opponents, an issue that aides said Obama would address, and he did meet also privately with dissidents, and then convinced Castro to have a joint press conference with him, which is interesting because Castro does not do press conferences. He doesn't talk to the press. doesn't let the press question him much, so definitely doesn't do it one-on-one. Andrea Mitchell from NBC News Hit him hard asking about political prisoners that are in jail, and he got real pissed, and he said, name them, show me their names right now, they'll be released tonight. This is ridiculous. And he ended the press conference and lifted Obama's hand into the air in a show of solidarity that Obama got stuck in and had no choice but to be engaged in because he couldn't pull his hand away completely, so he just held his wrist real limp, like a sad fish. And it was a very awkward moment. And then also during this press conference, in tables and in private meetings as well, that Obama did not see coming, Castro lectured America on its failures. 
of human rights. Human rights to health care, education, and pensions, and equal pay for women. Some strong points there. We're not, we're not perfect. We're a lot better than Cuba as far as freedoms and human rights, but we're not perfect. And Obama acknowledged some of those are problems. And again, why I really overall like Obama so much is that he understands something that's necessary for good leadership that many leaders do not understand. They have this bluster and bravado. And bluster and bravado and ego are ego in like a negative, false, showy sense are real problems. That's what Donald Trump does. A true leader can admit when he's wrong. That's how you get stronger. It's how you learn. Learning from your mistakes. Everybody says it's the biggest, it's the most important thing. But you can't learn from them if you don't admit them. That's obvious. We got to take a moment now as well to um, pay tribute to a man that was a big part of this podcast in the past. Mayor Rob Ford of Toronto sadly passed away this week. A rare form of cancer. He, of course, struggled with drug use and... um, but was one of the most colorful characters I ever saw, the most colorful mayor perhaps in history, and became a hugely entertaining global figure with all of his escapades. And I just couldn't get enough reporting stories about this man. Um, you might remember this rap that I played on the podcast about two years ago. I'm Pop Molly, I rock Rob International news on the repo. I'm lying, wanna see more. So I, I wasn't lying. You didn't ask the correct question. No, I'm not an addict. And no, I do not. Uh, do drugs. Have I tried it? Um, probably in my drunken stupor. <laughs> he must be all hopped up on crack cocaine. Rob Ford will be missed, I tell you that much for sure. Um, Seems like a very nice guy among it all. And I was reading an article about him. In fact, it said that um, in debates against his political opponents, he would whisper to the guy that he was about to slam him with a really hard line, a really good blow before he's like, I'm about to hit you, man, just just so you know, get ready. And then would say something harsh. That's pretty nice. You could see in his eyes he was a nice man. Um, As Chris Carter at UK Brain Trust, the British Bureau of this podcast tweeted, Subject of the greatest Bengali rap of 2014, RIP, last week on Earth hero, Rob Ford. And on that note, it is time to brighten things up a little bit and uh, check in for the first time in quite some time with the Brain Trust, the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Glebe Squad, the Friends with Benefits, the Glebe Club, the Be Glebers and all of us. Be Glebers Unite, hashtag Be Glebers. It is time for Twitter answers. It's Twitter answers I asked the Brain Trust. Do you support Trump? If so or if not, what's your main reason why? I'm going to read a lot of these here because it's just very interesting to see the range of um, of thoughts and opinions on this. But I'm going to take a sip of water first if it's okay with you guys. It's not? Sorry. Too late. I already did it. Unholier than thou at Great Out Jedi replied, No, I do not support Trump. It would be like having the comment section of a Bieber YouTube video as Commander-in-Chief. <laughs> that was hilarious. At Mag's... Magerson says, yes, I do support Trump because we need to save America from professional politicians. 
Okay, that's a decent reason to like Trump. There's a lot of negatives why not to like him, I think, in addition, but that's a decent positive. My friend Melanie Baldonado, at Melanie B. Comedy, funny comedian, very nice person, said no. Among many reasons, he speaks of killing a terrorist's entire family and says the military will listen to him. Hashtag war crimes. It's a funny hashtag, um, but very true. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He believes the military will follow his lead into war crimes, and I don't think they will because they realize probably most of them that Trump is a moron. Overall, like, okay in business, moron as a leader. Rich Sladen at MMA Comics says, I don't support Trump because I'm not toupee glue. <laughs> also pretty funny. Peyton M. Forehead says he clearly doesn't know what to do. He's a racist. The United States would burn down in flames them as president. Yeah, it might burn down, but America could use a good slash and burn. Let the soil lay fallow for a while. It's not a bad idea. Kyle Radden at KJ Radden says, Honestly, this election puts moderate conservatives like myself in a ter terrible position. Yes, it does. Moderate conservatives have nobody they can support. Honestly, it's a really tough p place. I guess if you want to go with a moderate conservative, vote Hillary. <laughs> Shannon Leary at Leary SP says, Voted for Trump in Ohio. We have an open primary, so he got my vote because he's easier to beat in the general. Hope that makes sense. Interesting. I like that. So she is a Democrat who voted for Trump in the Republican primary because she thinks he'll be easier for Hillary or Bernie to beat. And it is true. I think it's very likely that he will get beaten pretty bad by either of them. But I personally am much more afraid that he will lose. I mean, that he will beat Hillary. He will win over Hillary. Just because he's so great at slinging insults and she has so many scandals and things you can insult that seems like there's a much better chance to me that Donald Trump will be able to manipulate those, manipulate the media, manipulate people's minds to buy into it and to call her a criminal, call her a crook and bring up Bill Clinton drama and bring up all this stuff and could maybe win. Whereas Bernie Sanders seems to me has such a clean slate that he might be the better bet. But again, uh, you know, the only negative that I think is pretty fair about Bernie is that some of his things just seem so redistribution of wealthy and socialist that it would put our country in so much more of a debt and raise our taxes so much that it might be difficult but I, for us to prosper under that plan. However, he won't be able to pass anything too extreme like that, I don't think, and I just think he's a better man to be a leader it would be great to have an, a very noble person as president to that degree um jack malizia said i don't support him because no other candidate has had such strong opposition regardless of views we must be united i love that it's country over party country over candidate right there um at jenna edwards with three s's says no he's racist period we don't need a president who feels his skin color makes him higher than others. That's exactly right, Jenna. What makes him think orange is superior? I don't get it. Our old friend Gexio Gexish at Gexin Gexio says, Why would I support somebody who will run our country as the typical negative American stereotype? Seems counterproductive. It's an interesting point. It's like, and similar to what I wrote in my Huffington Post article about how Trump might be the candidate we deserve, is that we already come off in foreign policy oftentimes as this like arrogant, cocky, 
blustery, think we're the best, our way or the highway country. And Trump is exactly that. He embodies it without any even panache, without any smoothness. He just comes out directly as that. And it would definitely hurt our national image abroad if he became president. But then again, and I've thought this for a while too, um, maybe America needs to hit that rock bottom. I don't want that to happen. I hope that does not happen. But if he became president, maybe the only good that will come of it is it would be like that alcoholic's rock bottom that you need to hit to be able to really finally take sobriety seriously and change course. I personally more so hope that he gets the Republican nomination and then they lose horribly and then that just becomes the rock bottom for the Republican Party as opposed to rock bottom for the nation, which I think everybody can agree would be way worse, right? Except for maybe a lot of politicians in Congress who do seem to care about party over nation. But, you know, they're dicks. We're all about not being a dick here on the podcast, so just keep that in mind. Anna Stapley says, at Ald Stapley, also part of his platform is to make Mexico pay for a wall. Do people really think he has that kind of power? They do, but it's ridiculous. He already admitted he can't do it, and it wasn't even covered in the news. So unbelievable. Why? Because they don't want to crush him just yet. On the flip side, Eric Abbott at Erica, or at Eric Abbott 2239, rather, says, I support Trump. Because he is the Viagra, I support Trump because he is the Viagra that this limp dick country so desperately needs. That's one way to phrase your thoughts. As an FYI, this person's Twitter bio, I'm not kidding, in full says, 18 plus, I love thick women with huge titties and big round asses. I hope you do as well. Enjoy. I follow back everyone who follows me. And his pro, his uh, background picture on his profile it's just huge titties. So, if it gives you any insight into his mind. However, a bit more nuanced of a possible Trump supporter said the following. Kyle Radden at KJ Radden said, didn't get my vote, he didn't get my vote in the primaries. May get it in the general, but I'm hesitant. Rather have a filterless egomaniac with policies that are semi-conservative in economics rather than the alternatives or of, of an egregious liar in Hillary or extreme socialist in Bernie. Look, that's a decent reason to support Donald Trump. I still think there's huge, amazing negatives beyond that, but at least that's well thought out. And um, it is true, he has no filter and is an egomaniac, but his policies are very general. They're not nuanced is the problem. Hillary has nuanced policies. She may have some truthful issues in the past, an extreme socialist Bernie, it is true, he's pretty socialist, but he could really do a lot of the positives for the country that I think are so sorely needed, like the things I think you'd focus on most is getting the money out of politics and overturning Citizens United. And we need to not have any more corporate-funded political campaigns and all of our senators being hamstrung by these special interests. Nobody being able to vote for common sense gun regulation because the NRA will get them kicked out of Congress next election cycle. It's insane. That's not how it's supposed to be. We need term limits for that reason as well. Something I don't think Bernie is in favor of necessarily because he's been in there for about 30 damn years. Michelle at Billy Ripper says, yes, supporting Trump because he has a great point on getting Americans their jobs back from the immigrants. But no, because he's a racist fool. 
So you're on the fence there. Jessica Jones at Sunshine42578 says, No, if Trump is prez, we will quickly be on the losing side of World War III. It's possible, sadly. Very possible. Vincent Arrieta says, No, because as little as it is, I do have some dignity. <laughs> Daryl Hine at DTH1971 says, I do support Trump. Did not give a reason why, which was half of the question. So, once again... One of the few supporters there did not really follow the instructions too clearly. Nora No H at Harry Bosch Gal says no because he's a little orange tyrant whose platform promotes racism, sexism, violence, hypocrisy, oppression, and really bad self-tanner. Amen on all of those. I could not agree more with your assessment. Uh, Optimist for PA Gov, our old friend at John Hollowitz says, I don't. Frankly, because to me, the energy and content of his message eerily evokes a certain German socialist. Who could you be referring to? Hitler, obviously, and you are right. I mean, Hitler and all fascist dictators, um, they do what Trump's doing. They marginalize uh, minorities. They blame them for the country's problems. They have a fear of foreigners, minorities in the country. They claim that they're the greatest, that they're the solution, and they make it all about cult of personality about themselves, all things that Trump does. It's pretty scary. It's because the guy hosted a reality show, used to be a character on WWE Wrestling, doesn't mean he could become, doesn't, does not mean he could not become a terrible dictator. Period. Both things could be true. In fact, it would probably become a, a hugely popular reality show as he was being a horrible perhaps genocidal dictator. Think of the ratings from whoever is still left living. Yitzi Schwartz says, yes, because we need a tough guy to lead us and stand up to our enemies. The only way to stay safe and strong is with Trump. I mean, you're really buying his own line very well. How's it the only way to stay safe and strong? It's talking about killing the families of terrorists, which would break every Geneva Convention. And of course, by the way, as a quick note back to my comments earlier about waterboarding, I am not in favor of actually doing it in practicality, even that one act, even if I don't think it sounds as horrible as some of the others, because it's against the Geneva Conventions and we cannot break our national agreements. I'm just saying that was something that perhaps could be reclassified. But again, I've never been waterboarded, so I don't know for sure. But um, Yitzi Schwartz says the only way to stay safe and strong is with Trump. But don't you understand, Yitzi, that don't you agree rather that if he says we have to ban all Muslims, 1.3 or 1.6 billion people on the planet, and agrees we need to patrol with crews, we need to patrol Muslim communities and monitor mosques, you're going to make so many more enemies out of good people who are on our side, American Muslims who are American first, and if there's any way to radicalize and piss people off is to alienate them. And um, Yitzi's Twitter bio was commercial airline enthusiast, which is also just speaks a little bit to a thought process there because most people really do not like commercial airlines. Kevin Colley, just three more here. Kevin Colley says, no, I can't support anyone trying to deny basic human rights. Simple. And I agree. Matthew Corey at Roller Dog NC, our old pal. Trump is the product of all the negativity and anger the Republicans and Fox News have stirred up since 2009. It is true, and that's why I sort of think the Republican Party deserves Trump. And in a way, 
the nation does for allowing some of the mistakes of our recent past. Um, as Saturday Night Live brilliantly put it in a sketch a couple weeks ago, making fun of Mitt Romney's speech attacking Trump, so, to paraphrase, how dare he directly say what we've been implying for years? And um, the last two here, Chris, UK Brain Trust. No, Trump in British English means to pass wind from one's bum. Plus he hates the poor, women, minorities, etc. Get Bernie in. I hear that. And that's not a great, you know, nickname for your name. Or second meaning for your name. And IHawk73 says, no, he was right. I've gotten sick of winning. Also, I'm I'm pretty orange racist. <laughs> He's racist against orange people. That's hilarious. Yeah, if there's any color to be racist against, orange, I would say, is the one to choose. Um, and now the announcement I promised you guys earlier in the podcast. Um, as you all know, obviously, listening to this podcast, politics is a huge part of my life, a huge passion of mine. And I've done a couple of reports um, via Skype for ABC News Live. ABC News, one of the most legendary names in news, one of the most iconic, respected names in news. Um, their new online streaming news broadcast they've been doing for a little while now. It's brand new. I've just been asked to fly to New York this Sunday to co-anchor ABC News Live all week, Monday through Thursday. I'll be co-anchoring with Amna Nawaz, who's the anchor of ABC News Live, in studio from New York. You'll be able to watch it. I think I'm on there. I don't know if for the, if for the full time or exactly the details yet, but somewhere between from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and perhaps longer if there's breaking news, can be seen at abcnews.com slash live. So I'm so excited and honored about being asked to do that. Um, and some other announcements, Season 3 of Idiot Test, my game show to test your brain while you laugh as I make fun of contestants, debuts April 12th, first episode with Mike Catherwood and Dr. Drew and Glozell and Gabby Dunn. Tuesdays at 10 every week after that, two episodes back-to-back. Team episodes, a nude episode, and on April 20th, different day after the Skin Wars premiere, a special I'm executive producing and hosting for GSN, different format, based on Idiot Test, but totally different, to feature two pundits duking it out about this political season called Political Idiot Test. It's going to be awesome. Stay tuned for a bunch of cool behind-the-scenes videos on popsugar.com. I also have the big stand-up announcement coming. I'm still teasing. Can't announce it yet. And as far as live stand-up dates, see me in your city. I'll come to your city. I'm already doing it. Come see the show. You'll laugh your ass off for an hour and a half. And then we can meet after the show. We'll take a picture. It'll be great. I will be at Captain Brian's Off the Hook Comedy Club. Had to cancel the Thursday, March 31st, March 31st gig there because of the ABC News gig. But flying there the Friday... Performing April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, Naples, Florida, offthehookcomedy.com for tickets. The La Jolla Comedy Store with my dear friend Jade Catapreta of Girl Code opening for me. She also starred in Manhattan Love Story, previous podcast guest, um, April 29th and 30th in San Diego at the La Jolla Comedy Store. Then in Edmonton in Canada, in Edmonton, May 5 through 8 at Rick Bronson's Comic Strip, tickets at thecomicstrip.ca. Vancouver, staying in Canada there for the Comedy Mix, 
Don't know the website, but just Google it. The Comedy Mix, May 12 through 14. First time playing Vancouver in a while. Minneapolis, back at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy in the Mall of America, June 2 through 5. Tickets at houseofcomedy.net, houseofcomedy.net. In San Antonio at the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club in Texas, June 23rd through 26th. Google for the website. And in Chicago at the legendary Zanies Comedy Club, August 24th through 27th. And on that note, we are getting quite close to wrapping this pot up as we begin the Thunder Round. You better knock on that wood because it's the Thunder Round. The Daily Beast and our British Bureau of this fine podcast... The fine Chris Carter with At UK Brain Trust give us all of these stories, as he often does. Sarah Palin going to be a TV judge. The producers of a new courtroom show confirmed Tuesday the former Republican vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin signed on to be for production for an as-of-yet-unsold and hopefully never will sell. Although, actually, that's the one thing maybe Sarah Palin could do well. She wouldn't do it well. Her logic would make no sense. She'd obviously always give the money to the wrong people and justify it with weird, folksy odd and incorrect statements, but it would be funny to see her as a TV judge. That should be like the pinnacle of her career from now on. Uh, judge Judy type show. Oh man, it'd be great. I would watch it actually. It'd be pretty great. She's not have any kind of judge degree, but people would have to um, get rid of all common sense and let her decide their life disputes. Much like she's gotten rid of all common sense, so it could be a match made in heaven. Global pencil shortage. The pencil industry, and this is a hard story, is suffering a shortage of pencils. Thanks to the popularity of Get This Adult Coloring Books, the craze is sweeping the world as grown-ups seek to switch off their electronic devices to de-stress. But pencil manufacturers can't keep up with growing demand. Faber-Castell, we all know that famous pencil company, is having to put on extra shifts in a bid to cope with demand. Illustrator Joanna Basford's to blame for this. She's credited with sparking the craze as her beautifully drawn color- coloring books are bestsellers around the world and has been boosting the fortunes of the pencil industry, an industry that has gone out of control. The pencil industry is too powerful in our lives. People apparently are liking coloring in coloring books because they are fed up with digital lives. How about this idea? Just go back to your normal life then. Put the phone down and like have a lunch with a friend or go for a run or breathe. You don't have to be constantly doing something just by yourself. Focusing on your own activities, you know what I mean? And in our last story for this last week on Earth. Vaginas get speakers? The Guardian reports. Spanish company BabyPod has invented a speaker that is designed to be inserted into the vagina. You heard me. Simulating fetal development. There's a baby in there. They want to be able to play music. And apparently doing it on top of the stomach just sounds pretty muffled to the kid. But babies learn to speak in response to sound stimuli, especially melodic sound. So they're trying to stimulate the baby before birth, helping them learn to vocalize from the womb. If a baby in the womb started talking, I'd be freaked the fuck out, personally. There's been a lot of research on the effect of sound, apparently, though it can be very good for a child. Um, so uh, it's an interesting idea. I like it as an invention. But if music via the vagina would be good for a baby... Do we really need a speaker to do it? Can't you just let me go acapella in there? 
Until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. And I'll leave you once more in tribute to our old friend, Mayor Rob Ford, with the Tom Ford parody, My Rob Ford Rap. Good night, everybody. I'm Pop Molly, I rock Rob Ford. International news on the report. The star was a lion, wanna see more. So I, I wasn't lying. You didn't ask the correct Rob questions. Ford. No, I'm not an addict. And no, I did not. Rob uh, Ford. Drugs. Have I tried it? Um, Rob Ford. Like drunken stupors. <laughs> he must be all hopped up on crack cocaine. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. <laughs>